1: we're back. The bankroll challenge. The failed bankroll challenge was such uh unmitigated disaster that we decided to bring it back this year. It is once again sponsored by Roto-Grinders. I am going to push it out uh, on Periscope and YouTube as well. You can find it on the Roto-Grinders YouTube channel. And uh, yeah, we're going to figure this out as we go. Uh, I think I'm a better DFS player now than I was last year, although that's a very low bar to clear. But I have, in this off-season, playing League of Legends DFS, becoming a preeminent esports DFS thought leader, playing PGA and MMA. I have uh, a newfound appreciation for NFL DFS, and I, I do legitimately think I can improve from what I did last year. I did want to pull up my uh, results from last year, lest anyone wants to forget how bad I was at single-entry contests last year. So I started with a thousand dollar bankroll. Uh, we had over two thousand two hundred eighty dollars in entries. Um, we ended up losing seven hundred eleven dollars, and um, yeah, we fired a little bit at the uh, the showdown stuff down the playoff stretch. So maybe you could say that that doesn't count as much, but uh, a lot more red and orange in this spreadsheet than I would like. Um, let's check in with the chat here. I know my head-to-head GPP record. 1-0, undefeated, and you better believe I'm going to run that back with Frisco Fish Josh again this year. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you believing in me. So to kind of set the table, what we're going to do, normally on Fridays, I'm going to try to bring on a guest, and we'll do the build shows on Friday, kind of talking through uh, single entry lineup builds, and then on Monday mornings, if you guys are on the West Coast, uh, an unlegitimate time zone, you're gonna have to get up early. I think I'm gonna do those like 10 or 10:30 a.m. on Mondays, kind of recapping how things went. So that'll be the schedule. I do. I did also set up. I have the uh, uh, listener league link. I made it small for this first week. It was 50 people, and it filled already. Uh, so I will make that bigger as we go. I didn't put the link to it in the show notes because I got a strike on my YouTube channel last year from for including links to DraftKings. So if you want that, hit me up on Twitter, although I think a bunch of you are already in the league on DraftKings. Um, let's see here. Remember, the easiest way to play five wide receivers is starting Bowden at RB. It is true. It is true. I kind of have a Ron Burgundy thing with these comments where I click them onto the screen before I've read them. So that could be really dangerous if you guys want to trap me. Uh Harbs is definitely here for the week one plays. We are gonna build a week one lineup. We're we're gonna we're gonna build the nuts. Um, but yeah, we're uh like I said, guests normally on Fridays, review shows on Monday. Today I did want to do a quick circle back. I wanted to talk about a couple of the changes that I'm going to make this year, things I've already uh, thought about, some of the bigger macro mistakes I kept making over and over last year that I'm going to hopefully fix. Um, I'll talk about the contest that I'm going to hop in this week. Last year, I did the $100 single-entry SPY almost every week, although this week, DraftKings had this $200 bargain bin. It already filled out 1,250 people and guaranteed overlay so a no rake contest with a pretty nice payout structure 50,000 up top, 25,000, 15,000. So we are going to be in the mix here right out of the gate. Always nice to play with no rake. Um yeah, that's this is a spoiler alert. This is a spoiler alert. We know it's coming. And um and yeah, and so we'll we'll build here. So yeah, as far as talking about a couple of the bigger mistakes I made over and over last year, it, and I talked about this, my buddy, Matt Jones, he did, a on his RotoViz podcast, he was doing, um, process conversations with people. And I talked to him and one of the things I realized that I would do over and over last year is I would double count things, right. Where what would happen is I would look at, um, You know let's just say i i thought a guy was undervalued because uh he was in the air yards by low model or something like this and when you're only playing one lineup you're going to naturally have a hundred percent exposure at least as i am for this this bankroll challenge and what i think i found myself doing is thinking about things in terms of polls, like way too much. It was, I have to, okay, 45% of the field is playing Christian McCaffrey. I have to fade him. That's too much. Or whatever the other good plays were that I continually didn't play. Lamar Jackson, I'm going to fade him. And this year, I've come to realize that, first of all, I can just play whoever I want. I can just get unique in other situations. And that's the thing I have to work on, because I just have a natural, contrarian, reflexive, mindset to where i'm like oh everyone's playing him i don't want to play him but i've come to learn with with lineup construction that it is okay for even me to be a chalk donkey sometimes um as long as i'm getting unique elsewhere and the other thing that helped crystallize that for me was playing sports like mma where we would get a ton of dupes or or league of legends and the goal for dfs right is to have the most possible points in your lineup without being duplicated. So if you win, you solo ship it. In NFL, getting duplicated isn't as big of a risk unless you're really just jamming a cash lineup in there. So I I really need to fight my galaxy brain instincts and lean more towards play the best plays. If I wanna sprinkle in a contrarian wide receiver there, I'm gonna go for it, but I need to rein in the Galaxy Brain, especially for these single entry contests. I mean, only 1,250 people in this one. It's week one. I will say, I will say, yes, I am giving everyone permission to play the best plays for now until it doesn't work. And then we need to go back to Galaxy Brain. Uh, I know I, I'm, I'm admitting it. I'm going to eat some chalk this week. It's going to taste delicious. I have chalkitis. Uh, you know, I'm going to have to go see a doctor about it. Um but yeah we're going to we're going to talk through this together but I just wanted to set the table of how I'm kind of thinking about things differently this year. Uh because I was building lineups as if uh I would be duplicated last year in the spy and and that was never an issue with my lineups and I don't think it's actually a huge issue. So I think that's the the takeaway is we can be contrarian and we can try to get leverage in specific spots. But the, the worrying about being contrarian in multiple spots are just auto fading just because uh, that's what I'm trying to move past. There are some of these plays that are such good plays that even I can't get away from them. So this is a really interesting slate this week. Um, one of the things that I want to do as kind of anchoring me and helping me in the direction of playing the good plays, and we did this a lot last year too, is looking at the optimal lineups. Let's see which points or which lineups are allowing us to get the most projected points in and then we can start to tweak and you know galaxy brain a little bit from there. But that'll at least give us a solid foundation. I love using uh Derek Cardi's blitz projections. He was super spot on last year. I believe it was week 4 or 5 where the blitz optimal was the top lineup in the spy. There was like a 10 uh, person train that ship the spy just jamming the blitz optimal. So um again, 10 people put that lineup in, and I might be off. I think it was like 10 to 15. Even just one tweak off of that, and you're unique. So I think that's a good point of how playing the blessed plays can work. And that it's not too hard to even get unique off of a very chalky construction. So um I've definitely been looking at his week one stuff i think it also it needs to be said though if there's any week where we can allow ourselves a little galaxy brain it is week one i mean last night uh i think was a little bit of an anomaly in that clyde edwards hilaire and duke uh, david johnson saw the uh lion's share of the workload you know based on the rumblings and the tweets we're seeing from nfl insiders everyone's saying hey hey fantasy people You guys are going to have to deal with a lot of committees early on, both for wide receivers and running backs. And and I buy into that with the short training camp and these players not being into game shape. We've already seen there's so many injuries. I mean, yesterday was brutal with Cortland Sutton. There's Mike Evans. There's Deontay Johnson. There's Kenny Galladay. So all of these kind of, you know, negative byproducts of a shortened offseason with no preseason games, I think are going to be more pronounced. And because of that, I do agree that coaches are going to feature committees more and we're not going to see the massive target shares that we want to see. Um, Oh, there was actually one other tweet I wanted to pull up that helped me think about week one here. Um, Colin Drew had this tweet that I had just bookmarked the other day says week one is always random but there is still always chalk last year none of the top 10 owned wide receivers put up 20 plus DK points best was 15.1 the 16 wide receivers who put up 20 plus DK points were 5% owned or lower including six sub 1% owned plays so obviously the market get so much more efficient as we go on as we get these target numbers as we get the snap counts Uh, the projection systems will get better and better and that's um, when we have to really lock in and and play more of the best plays but I think in week one to to Drew's point that there is room to to go contrarian at wide receiver because frankly the market just doesn't know we just don't know we think we know but we don't the other thing I'm going to have to fight myself uh, against is separating my, my season long mindset, right? Like I have all of these biases from all of my season long drafts of, okay, I'm not drafting running backs in this dead zone in, in rounds three through five. And, and yeah, but last night was a good reminder. The reason you're not drafting guys like David Johnson in season long is because of the injury risk is because of the volatility of where he is at in his career. But in a one game sample, He can be an awesome play for DFS. So a lot of those concerns we have from a season-long perspective, we have to throw those out the window. And so the bias I have to fight against is seeing a guy like David Johnson's name or Le'Veon Bell's name or even Josh Jacobs' name and just being utterly repulsed, like guys I would never touch in a season-long draft. But I need to um, rid myself of those biases as it comes to DFS because they are going to be good plays in certain contexts when we can remove, you know, the one game injury type risks that don't really apply. Um, let me check in on the chat here. Yep. parbs agrees. Week one is, uh, do whatever you want anyways. Yeah. The mentor, man, uh, he had an opportunity last night because they clearly didn't trust Clyde Edwards, Hilaire in pass protection and third down situations. And, uh, Darrell Williams did not seize the moment. That's for sure. What's up, Drew Morse? We are definitely in a galaxy brain. Um, yeah, man. Is there going to be a Swolcast, dude? We, we've been doing Swolcast episodes <laughs> every single week since uh, since what, like April? Um, the the episode went up uh, yesterday, or not even yesterday. My time is so distorted. I believe it was Wednesday. We are going to be recording Swolcast on Wednesdays now for for the uh, foreseeable future. So we will be the official preeminent first look DFS show um, loving some Brian Edwards is a contrarian low on play. There's another guy that I wasn't drafting much in season long, but I should probably give a, a long, hard look to. And um, yeah, so let's, let's head over here. One way I thought we could kind of start to anchor ourselves is I brought in the blitz projections over into lineup HQ, I thought we could set like a, a simple stacking rule um, just to give us um, somewhat correlated lineups, and then we could start to kind of look through what the the best projected lineups are looking like, and then go from there. Um, I'll hit this one. Worried about the lack of pass blocking snaps for Ceh, or just the game script last night? Um, to me, it's not even. I think the overall takeaway has to be excitement for Ceh because his rushing volume was there, just a massive amount of volume. He was ripping off chunk yardage plays and we know that the rookies sometimes have a slower learning curve with the pass protection stuff. So obviously the chiefs are going to protect their half a billion dollar investment, but we saw it with Kareem hunt when he was a rookie too. I think in a few weeks, CH is, is going to be a full blown bell cow running back. And uh, I will, I will probably take the L on him in season long drafts and that I didn't, I didn't draft him in too many spots other than a sprinkle in best ball um yeah call him Sassoon with all that volume uh what else do we got in here um uh, I hope Pete got some sleep before creating this lineup here's the thing I'm I'm on like a streak of six nights of six night six hours of sleep and I have literally in my schedule today I have scheduled a nap I'm going to take a nap at around 3 p.m. Wow, I'm I'm so I'm so far behind, but I'm feeling good now. I'm energized to have the bankroll challenge back. So, anyways, back here in lineup queue, let's let's give ourselves kind of a baseline here. I'm going to make 50 lineups. I'm not going to mess with any of the uh, the settings too much. The only thing I wanted to do was just add in one quick stack. So it wasn't like just jamming in um, the highest projected points. I want a little correlation here. So, let's go into our primary stack rule. Let's do a, a quarterback to a pass catcher, just oh, not four. <laughs> yeah, let's let's get real spy. See, this is my new mouse. This isn't Roto-Grinders' fault. This is my stupid mouse. There we go. No. There we go. All right, quarterback to a wide receiver or tight end, and then let's do a bring back. Let's, from the opponent, we can do one position, doesn't matter what. No, not three. Running back, wide receiver, tight end, and we will apply this to 100% of these lineups, just to get a little correlation in here um gallon do your projections take into account how many push-ups a player can do in 12 hours yes i uh i constantly uh update my projections based on basically pectoral strength and gallon in here is just trying to flex because gallon on the low key also completed the bales push-up challenge uh simultaneously so there you go gallon your trick worked I uh, publicized you completing the push-up challenge as well. All right, let's build 50 lineups. This kind of feels like the ran- when I would press the randomizer, it's like <whistles> building, 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 building. I have a feeling we're going to see a lot of Bears, a lot of Washington football team, and a lot of Eagles is just my guess. The David Montgomery projection now with him coming back also dings Tariq Cohen, too, who I think would have been popping in optimals otherwise. Here we go. So when you build 50 lineups with a, a skinny stack and a bring back, this is the allocation we are looking at here. Marvin Jones, that definitely makes sense to me with Kenny Galladay banged up. Um, I think his ownership will definitely inch up. If that is, uh, if that is the case with Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, I, I would have no problem playing him at 5%. You know, he does profile as a boom bust option just with where he gets targets on the field. So if he inches up into that 15 to 20% ownership range, then I think it's easy to pivot off of him to, to other guys like Deshaun Jackson. Um, and we'll, we'll come up with a few other names, but that one's interesting to me. Devonte Adams makes sense. I mean that he is completely uh, undervalued relative to his role at 7,300. I mean he should be he should be closer to um, Michael Thomas than he should be to Allen Robinson. And you know what Michael Thomas is here at 9K. I mean I, I think Devonte Adams is probably what like should be like an 82, 8300 receiver. So that makes sense. Trubisky very cheap at 5,400. Uh, this ownership seems low to me here too. Uh, I don't, I don't know if we, uh, but maybe it's just people have such a negative connotation of Trubisky that they won't play him. Uh, let's see what else is popping. Antonio Gibson makes sense as the, the mega chalk. We were arguing it on the swole cast of whether he would become stone chalk, you know, like in the 40% range or if he will stay here in just the regular chalk range. I think obviously at 4,000, he can, he can pay that off. I don't know. If in this first game though, he has the kind of like Millie maker winning upside at that ownership in that McKissick's going to play more than people want Bryce love and Peyton Barber are going to play more than people want. That said, I think he does have a really high floor and is certainly worth that price tag. Um, let me check in on the chat here. What is Laird's ownership looking like this week? I mean, honestly, with how many their entire wide receiver and tight end core is, has been limited in practice last I saw. So maybe Laird getting in there with some, some check downs. Um, Yes, you are right. Trubisky is in this version of the optimal as the preeminent wide receiver expert in the industry. Do you prefer Adams Thielen or Thomas Goodwin? I mean, definitely Thomas Goodwin for me. I don't, I don't know if you mean in season long or DFS this week. I mean, I think in general, Michael Thomas over Adams and Godwin over Thielen. So I don't know if that's close. Is Smith going to let you pivot off Cohen in the head up challenge? No, that thing locks in, but it might work in my direction both ways, right? Because I played Godwin anticipating that Evans might not be a full go. So it giveth and it it taketh away, you know, similar to Antonio Gibson. I think Tariq Cohen still has a pretty nice floor. And um, I think they'll also probably be in a little bit of a negative game script. I doubt they're going to be able to go into Detroit and really control the game. So I think Cohen's still a solid play. Uh, yes, there's actually a funny story behind this blanket. I, I did naturally put it on. I think last year when I would do some of these reviews, it was we were further into the winter, and I was legitimately cold. Um, but the funny story is we were in Nashville for the Roto-Grinders Super Bowl party last year. And we went to, we were at some hotel rooftop thing and they had blankets there for people because it was, you know, cold out. And my wife loved this blanket so much that she's like looking at the tags and then she went home and ordered blankets that we sampled at this hotel. So now I have a blanket that's from the same, I don't know, Marriott or whatever hotel in, in Nashville. So fun fact for you. Yeah, I I think fading Gibson and GPPs makes sense. I do. I don't think I will have him in my single entry lineup. I agree with Eric. Uh, Four-way split is scary. Drew says, Gibson seems like a fade in single entry since his ownership will likely be one and a half times other formats. Yeah, I I agree. I think I I would just rather play Chris Thompson, who I think is a very similar play, at the same price and what, a fourth of the ownership? So I, I, I definitely agree. I think you know, with Cohen, with Chris Thompson, you can get the Antonio Gibson production at a fourth of the ownership. So I am definitely with you there. The one shock though, that I think I might eat is Terry McLaurin is egregiously mispriced at 5,600. I mean, he's priced like, you know, a wide receiver three, you know? I, I don't really get this. He is he is a true alpha. He is going to have a massive target share. He's going to have a massive air yards target share and you know he torched philly in in, last year in week one and i know that defensive performance isn't sticky year over year and stuff but this isn't even a play that we need to overthink the matchup i think terry mclaurin is an alpha wide receiver one in this league and this is one of those price tags where I don't know if I can get away from it at 5600. I believe if we went back to the player pool and looked at the best points per dollar play, yeah, I had it sorted here. He's the third best points per dollar play at 5600, RG projecting him for 16 fantasy points and um obviously has a ceiling for a lot higher. So, um yeah, you know, he just mentions this here, are we scared of Darius Slay and Philly now? I just I've never been in the business of trying to decipher Wide receiver cornerback matchups. I mean, I'm when I'm looking at a price tag, I'm I'm looking at what kind of volume uh am I able to project for that. And I think Terry McLaurin projects as a guy that's gonna get, you know, eight or nine targets as a floor. They just really don't have anyone else there. And I think he kind of gets pigeonholed sometimes as like, oh, this this boom bust, Deshaun Jackson, deep ball, wide receiver, but they manufacture looks for him in the red zone and again it's it's like Steven Sims and you know literally other wide receivers i can't even think of what Logan Thomas, Matthew Berry's 101. I mean, McLaurin's going to have a huge target share and if his ownership was absurd, you know like if it was like 30 to 35% range, then i think you're nearing fade territory. But to me, i think Terry McLaurin uh is just such a good bet that i don't mind eating a little chalk there knowing you can play a bunch of other wide receivers that are going to be sub 5%. Um, exactly. Defenses don't matter for fantasy purposes. Comments on wide receiver versus running back in a flex spot. You know, that one's interesting because, you know, I think heading into last season, the prevailing wisdom was that a pass catcher in the flex gave you the more upside that on a week to week basis that those wide receivers can just access a ceiling that the running backs aren't able to, because they're able to do it generally in just a couple of plays that said, last year really reversed the trend. I know Adam Levitan did an article looking at Millie maker trends and running backs were in the top 10% of, or top 10 millimaker maker lineups, uh, at a higher rate than pass catchers. So it's definitely something to think about that said, we also just talked about how the season's going to open up with a lot of committee backs. And I do feel like early on this season, that pass catcher in the flex might be optimal. I mean, it's hard to find a lot of these bell cow backs that you can reasonably afford in your lineup that also um, allow you to have that ceiling to have, you know, three guys that are going to get 20 plus touches be game script independent. I mean, that's kind of hard right now. You know, the lineup I built with Smith for his head to head, I, uh, I had my kind of season long mindset and I punted with Cohen and Gibson and then I jammed in four stud receivers and Allen Robinson, Godwin, uh, who else did I have? Michael Thomas and Devonte Adams. So I'm kind of leaning towards four wide receivers, but, uh, let's see how it shakes out here. Um, I have no idea why his price is so low. You know, they said it uh, a while back, uh, I, I don't know how their their algorithm works i'm sure they're they're pulling over a combination of stuff from last year and um i honestly don't know how they weight it 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 does seem seem off um i think cmc might be too expensive in this economy let's see if he popped up in any optimal i mean he yeah he's just not here he's not here and like you remember last year when i was galaxy braining i mean Lamar Jackson and Christian McCaffrey just popped in the optimal over and over and over. The math told us you must play them, and I said, "Screw you, math! I know better." Uh, but it does seem like the math uh, agrees with CMC being a little bit too expensive here. It's funny that I was looking at the game lines, and the Panthers are three-point home uh, dogs to the Raiders. I that didn't make sense to me. I don't. I don't know what I'm missing. Um, Let's see here. Swap Boston Scott for Gibson with Sanders possibly out. I thought Sanders was trending in the right direction. Um, I think if, if Sanders is out, I mean, obviously Boston Scott becomes incredibly interesting. The fact that they kind of avoided all of these, you know, potential free agent signings um, you know, it goes both ways to me. It says, you know, we, we trust that Michael, Miles Sanders is healthy, but it also says Boston Scott would be the guy if Sanders was out. Um, let's see here. Uh, sorry guys, I'm trying to keep up with the chat. Um, here we go. We got CB Sutton three Panthers. D is a shit ton of rookies and improving guys, but good positive script for their old guys. Yeah. Yeah. I think I would just take the Panthers money line there. Um, I, I think the Raiders were one of the luckier teams last year. I want to say I heard a stat that they had almost um all of their wins were within a one score, which is obviously uh finding yourself on the on the right side of positive variance. Um, sorry, I, I will answer a few more and then let's build. Um, any love for Odell or Landry or do you believe in the Ravens defense? You know, my same theme here. I'm I'm I don't really worry about defense as it pertains to a specific wide receiver cornerback matchup. I'm more interested in, is this going to have the potential to be a shootout game? And I do worry for that game environment, you know, division teams normally play each other tough. Um, and both of these teams, you know, want to run the ball. So, uh, Odell is one of the biggest riddles heading into this season. Uh, I think you could definitely make the case for, um, playing him in a, in a GPP, but, I don't know if he will be in my single entry lineup. Landry is always a nice bet as a volume monster. Um, okay. Here we go. Uh let's let's see here. Let's start to to build some teams. I think what is interesting to the point to Drew was bringing up Christian McCaffrey. I think Michael Thomas might be the guy that you jam in this week if you're going to spend up. I mean, Cardi of course was uh beating the drum for the Michael Thomas. Uh, home splits last year. Just absolutely incredible in the Dome. I think Michael Thomas just might be a guy that I want to make sure I have this week. And I think the $1,000 in savings from what you're paying for McCaffrey um, is worth it there. And I think that game obviously has a lot of potential to pop off. So I'm just, for this build, Michael Thomas at 12% ownership at home in the Dome, um projected for one of the highest raw point totals on the slate uh that's a guy let's get in there for now um and i also mentioned terry i say we get terry in here we can always tweak if we want but terry seems like a nice play and i think we do it guys i think we talked about in week one being able to mess around a little bit get a little galaxy brain out of our system I say we just do it. I say we play Laviska Chenault. He's at 4,400. I really think that there's nothing behind him that is going to really prevent him from having an immediate role. In week one, the rumors out of Jacksonville, I think I retweeted this the other day, I can try to uh, pull this up here real quickly, was that they were already using him in very creative ways. Um, yeah, let me pull up this tweet from Mia O'Brien, you know, to, for some confirmation bias per media rules. I cannot comment on specific plays, formations, but, uh, let's just say they're getting creative this morning with LaVisca Chanel. So that makes a lot of sense to me, uh, in that they just had a Zigbo go on IR Armstead's out. I mean, they basically have the two pass catching backs and Chris Thompson and Dare. and then they have the UDFA James Robinson, who's going to be the early, um, early down grinder, but I think LaVisca Chenault should get some carries in this game. I think he's going to get four to five targets. Um, and fantasy is supposed to be fun and playing LaVisca Chenault in week one, even if it is maybe slightly suboptimal, maybe he should be min price. Um, fantasy is supposed to be fun and I want to have fun last year. It was my thesis was, I want to play these Cardinals before the air rate explodes and all of their salaries explode. It never happened. But I had fun and the thesis held true that I wanted to get in on the ground floor. I might have to get in on the ground floor of La I'm not, I'm not locking myself into it. For this build though, right now, I'm gonna go ahead to do it. Yeah, look at the chat, the chat loves them, some Visca. I know. I I I gotta I gotta take it easy with the Visca clip. We gotta save that for after he smashes. Um bum 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 bum. We we get the highlight video if Chanel you know three or four X's uh, that will be the Monday review. Um, yeah, I I might consider. I don't know if I have to go to Minshew. Let's see here though. I do think we can play um, Chris Thompson as well. I mean, let's look at some of the other running backs that are popping. So it's Chris Thompson, Antonio Gibson. There's a Josh Jacobs, Chris Thompson, Gibson, Chris Thompson, Gibson, Chris Thompson. Gibson Cook, I do like Dalvin Cook. I think I want to play Dalvin Cook. To me, I mean his salary being 2100 different from Mac. uh this is a team that is we know wants to run the ball a ton and also the thing I love about Dalvin Cook is not only does he have touchdown equity, I don't think anyone's going to steal pass work from him. So, let's let's just see where we get if we do lock in Dalvin Cook here that leaves us at 2300 Let's also get a pump play defense in here just so we can see what we're working with. Um, What's popping here. We got chargers at 2,800 chargers at 2,800 jets at seven. Actually, I want to head over here defense. We know we can fade chalk pretty reliably. Um, Let's look at some percentages here for ownership lions at 1.9 ownership and a nice points per dollar. I don't, uh, I don't mind that. Um, Does the chat have any uh, defensive takes here? Um, Jack's paired with LaVisca. Yeah, I actually don't. Where where are the Jags? What are we looking at? How much are they? 2.3. Yeah, that's not bad. I mean, I think the Jets are going to end up being, let me sort by projected own. Patriots, Colts, Chargers, Ravens, Jets. I mean, the Jets are super cheap, but that does seem um a little high owned for a defense that is probably gonna have a really hard time with the Bills. Um yeah, I, I don't want to go with one of these chalky these chalky ones here. Let's um I'm gonna just put in right now as a median placeholder, I'm gonna put in the Lions here. Um they're they seem fine. I, I literally have no opinions on defenses and, and Mitch Trubisky is uh is very bad. So I, I don't think I need to explain myself any further. So that leaves us with 5,100. I think this construction is probably, probably sending us to a mid-tier tight end. I don't know if we can get up to Kittle here. Let's see. Let's go back to the lineups and see the kind of players that were, were showing up here. Um, I'll check in on the chat here. Uh, Washington defense against Wince. Yeah, Jets were coming up in every optimal. It, it, it makes sense, um, but I do think that is there really that big of a difference between the Jets and the Lions? I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. I uh, I think I'm gonna just always try to go with a defense that's gonna be less than five percent owned. Um, yeah, tight end is tough this week. Let's take a look at tight end. Let's see which one, which tight ends are popping in the optimal. So, Kittle, uh, Dallas Goddard, Hayden Hurst, Chris Herndon. Kanyan and Doyle, uh, the names that jump out to me here. I kind of like the idea of Goddard. Um, the, the chat, you guys are are hype on Hawkinson. I do I do like Hawkinson a lot. How much is he? How much is he? Hawkinson at forty two hundred. Okay, and that's the same as Goddard, I believe. Right? It's Goddard. Let me find Goddard. Scrolling, 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 scrolling. Uh, Goddard's forty-one hundred. Okay. Um, yeah, I, Harb's brings up Herndon. To me, he's he's another obvious guy at tight end. His ownership at twelve point five percent. I kind of am leaning more towards Goddard or uh, Hawkinson. Let's. Um. I I kind of am coming around with you guys on Hawkinson. With with Galladay banged up. I mean, he could he could soak up extra volume. He will be a, a primary look in the red zone. Um, let me see what – I want to see what Cardi has Hawkinson projected for and maybe why he isn't showing up in the optimals here. Let's go. Let's see here. Fantasy points sorted. So he has Goddard at 11 and Hawkinson at 9.22. Um, I bet this will change based on Galladay's news. So I, I'm on board. Let's do let's do Hawkinson. You guys, you guys convince me. Don't let anyone ever tell you that I don't listen to you guys. Um, all right, you guys are all on Hawkinson. I hope this ownership is right because uh, if the rest of the public is as into Hawkinson as us in the chat, um, then uh, he might get chalky. But uh, let's do it. Yeah, no Galladay. He'd be a smash. And again, full disclosure, guys. I mean, I think this goes without saying, but this is kind of us, you know, dusting off the the slate trying to see what works, what fits. Uh I will most likely have multiple players uh from this build in my single entry lineup, but I always reserve the right to update it on Sunday with all the late breaking news. So this leaves us with 5400. Um I do think we're going to want to get some kind of stack in here. I think as again just kind of a placeholder thing, I do want to put Chris Thompson in Um, and now all of a sudden we do have Chanel and Thompson, and that leaves a 6,100 for a quarterback and wide receiver. Let's see what kind of stacking options there are. Let's head back over and see what quarterbacks were showing up in our mix. So it was really Trubisky, Stafford and Haskins. Why don't we play Stafford? And then we pair him with, um, Wait, could we do? Would Stafford and Allen Robinson fit for a little game stack? I think probably, probably not, right? How much is Stafford? Six thousand two hundred, and then what is Robinson? Allen Robinson, sixty-five. Okay, so we'd need to save five hundred. Yeah, I mean, Thompson Schnell has to mean Minshew, right? I mean, it doesn't have to. It doesn't have to mean that. Again, I was I was thinking about other stuff. I think Robinson is also at a nice price. we could also, I believe, go down to the Jets here, right? We could go down to the Jets and make this work. Yep, exactly. Um, so, yeah, what do you guys think of that? Matthew Stafford, Dalvin Cook, Chris Thompson, Terry McLaurin, LaVisca, Allen Robinson, Hawkinson, Michael Thomas, and Jets. To me, that's um, that's pretty nice. That's pretty nice. Um, what? Oh, upgrade. Yeah, Wince d Djax would be an option too um let me see how that one looks if we go so if we did wince and then we got the McLaurin bring back wince and um how much is jackson sean jackson and then we could actually we could we go what does that get us up in the 5600 range for running backs i mean that gets you up to like bell rojo hmm yeah, that one's interesting. Um, I guess you could just go back up at defense as well. That's good. I mean, then you can play whoever, although I don't really like paying up for defense. So I kind of think – I think I kind of like that Stafford one. I think I kind of like that Stafford one. But this is this is kind of a good exercise to show, okay – we could get the stack in with the Eagles uh, as well. We could also shift things around and put in Marvin Jones and then go go different at tight end. Let's actually just see another combo like that if we did try to get up to Kittle. if We went down from Hawkinson and no, 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 that doesn't work because then I have to switch around everybody. Okay. Let me see what you guys are saying. And, um, any concerns about the bears pass us? No, I'm just not concerned about defense in week one. I'm I'm more concerned about pace of play and these game environments. And I think Chicago, Detroit, um, could have a really nice game environment. Um, what else would you consider for RB two? I know that's where I'm really struggling now because I, I kind of like these builds with the one, uh, good running back and then kind of a pump play. I don't, I don't know if I'm going to like the builds where you get in Dalvin cook and Josh Jacobs or, you know, and maybe that's me being a fish again, not. Yeah. We'll see drew. You think this one's chalk city? I mean, we talked about this at the top. I just don't, I'm not worried about chalk. If I don't think this is going to be duplicated in the single entry. I mean, I can, I can definitely make some tweaks off of this. It didn't look like Hawkinson or Chanel. Um, are going to be chalky. So I don't I don't know if this is actually too chalky. I think it might be in the in the sweet spot. Um we we could do that. You could play uh Gibson over Thompson. Um all right guys. Let's see here. Uh what what are you saying the uh, oh the Wince Djax pivot is. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree with that. Um all right guys. This is um I think this is a good spot to uh, to kind of wrap us up here, it gives us uh, a lot to think about heading into Sunday. It sure felt good to build a lineup with this single entry mindset. Um, Like I said, I'll be back on Mondays to recap how things went. And then going forward on Fridays, I'll bring a guest on and uh, we can pick someone's brain who is much smarter than me. And uh, we'll learn a lot along the way. Uh, I will also, I, like I said, I think going forward, I'll settle into doing the the hundred dollar spy on DraftKings provided they continue to roll that contest out. So anyone that wants to hop in that with me, and then of course we'll have the bankroll challenge listener league as well. So we can get in there and compete. Um, let me make sure I'm not missing anything else here. Yes, Drew, it is. It is great to be back. Um, yeah, Wiggins for sure. Debt Wiggins is a, is a highlight. Um, I have a list here. You can even see on my Bankroll Challenge. I won't reveal the uh, the the guess yet, but I, I got a list of guests, and, and Wiggins is is definitely on that. and, and Feel free to uh, feel free to let me know uh, feedback in the comments if you have any other guest suggestions. I'm always open to it. Uh, lots of good DFS tournament players to uh, to bring on and talk to. Um, all right, guys, this was super fun. Thank you to Roto-Grinders once again for sponsoring. Uh, you can catch these replays on the Roto grinders, YouTube, obviously also pushing it out to my Periscope and YouTube, just getting it out there as much as possible. It's going to be a good year guys. It's going to be a good year. Don't worry. We are still going to tilt. We are going to tilt plenty, but I have a feeling that I'm going to rise like a Phoenix this year. We're going to turn this ship around. We're going to have more sellies than shower cries. That's, that's my promise to you guys. Although I know you like it when I tilt So, um, trust me, you're going to get that too. So until next time, guys, have a great weekend. This is the week one bankroll challenge. We're off to the races, baby.